0: My guest on Talk Design today is Mark Savant. Now, Mark is a entrepreneur, without a doubt, and he also is a podcast host. He is from Florida in the US. And Mark has After Hours Entrepreneur, this amazing podcast. Mark is a high-energy guy, and he really drags people into the story and lets them tell their story beautifully and not only just their story but lets them spill the gems you know throw the throw the the gold out so that you can learn from them so I was really keen to get Mark on the podcast so that he could talk about what his guests have done etc he also Because he's an entrepreneur, he has another company where he produces for podcasters. So if you're a podcaster or you want to be a podcaster, this is a guy who will take you down that journey, but also produce for you so that you don't have the headache of producing. So that's Mark Savant Media, and otherwise after hours entrepreneur. Mark, welcome to Talk Design.
1: Grilled to be here and pour into all the listeners today, Adrian, let's go. Let's talk podcasting. Let's talk media. Let's talk AI. Let's talk about the disruption that's happening and in, in how we can leverage podcasting to, to get ahead of that disruption.
0: Absolutely. I think that would be fantastic. I want to start with a couple of really simple questions where they're going to be about you. Somewhere in this journey, you realized that you were good at speaking to people. And I mean, well before this particular journey, I mean, back when you were a kid, what kind of kid were you? What got you sort of juiced up? And then when did you realize that your ability to speak to people and drag a conversation out of them or give them space to create a conversation was something that was so valuable? So let's go back to when you're a kid and your parents were going, quiet, stop talking, stop jiggling.
1: <laughs> I mean, I was uh, a very adventurous kid. I like to have fun. I like to try new things, climb trees, go swimming. And I'm still that way with my kids. Now I've got a four year old and a seven year old in. Oh my goodness, they are nice. <laughs> they're wild too. And you know, it's kind of funny, Adrian. I, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself an extrovert. I'm more of like an extroverted introvert. Like when I walk into parties when I'm meeting two new people, I'm not that like bubbly open all up. I'm kind of like kind of like, you know, I'm kind of like a stand in the back and kind of hang out and wait for things to happen, which is is, I think, kind of surprising to to yeah. everyone myself included, to be honest, but listen, I think that to me is one of the most important things as entrepreneurs is to get comfortable with discomfort. You know, just because you're uncomfortable with something doesn't mean you avoid it. You should lean into it. And I think that's big, been a big part of my journey. And, you know, to be honest, you know, public speaking, I remember in college, that was one of my favorite things to do was get in front of the class, talk, oh, present, really? go through slides and present. And uh, that's just kind of, you know, that kind of fell off that fell off the wagon. When I graduated from college, I went into property and casualty insurance, which, you know, for all my insurance agents out there, you know, how boring boring the job is. It's not, it's not the most fun job. And eventually I decided, you know, I was tired of getting yelled at because of premiums. I was tired of getting yelled at because the insurance company denied the claim. I said, I'm going to try something else. Also, I was, I was concerned because a lot, all the policies that we used to write when people would come into the office and we used to write it in the office, it was all coming in through online. People go into www.insurance.com writing their policy. Right. And I was like, where do I fit into this? Yeah, If I keep doing the same thing, I'm probably going to be replaced by the computer, which does it more efficiently. And so that's when I started experimenting. That's when I started podcasting. And now I run this podcast agency and I help thought leaders launch and automate their podcasts. And I feel like I'm definitely in the right lane,
0: oh, a hundred percent, without a doubt. It's a really interesting thing you said there about it in when you're in the insurance industry you're you're actually the the person who takes the first kind of front line of your claims denied for this reason, your, you know, your insurance premium just went up, which it does every year. It's this kind of thing. And, you know, like I know myself, I look and there's a natural disaster of flooding or something and I go, oh, there goes house insurance and mine included, Mm. you know, mine's part of that journey. And it's it's kind of an inevitable thing that, you you it's it's insurance for God's sake. You know, it's something that you don't want to ever have to use. But the minute you have to use it, you think, I I'm owed this. I am owed this because I've paid for a long time to get this. And when somebody says, Well, hold on a second, there's whatever, you go, Well, oh, hold on a second. I've been I've been loyal to you. And that's right, and, just and I,
1: I empathize with that because insurance companies love to take money, they just hate to pay claims. So yeah. It's like someone would would call me, they're like, they just told me my claims denied, or they're going to give me, you know, a $1,000 and it's going to cost me 20,000. I'm like, you know, I just didn't, I didn't love, I just didn't love that. And you're right. It's the type insurance is one of those products that nobody wants to pay for, but everybody needs, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and i I really enjoy what I do now working with business leaders, working with working with thought leaders to launch podcasts because everybody wants to have a podcast. everybody wants to be heard. Mm-hmm. everybody wants to network. everybody wants to make those strategic relationships. everybody wants to build their personal brand and their influence. everybody wants to stay top of mind. yeah but it 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 takes a lot of it, it can it, like for me anyway, I didn't know anything about podcasting when I started it takes there's a lot there's a learning curve. And so that's kind of where my agency, my, my services pick up, which is like, Hey, all that learning curve, if you can host a zoom call, you can have a podcast and it can be highly successful. And that's what I try to encourage people with. I love that point there. If you can host a zoom call
0: now for the audience out there, how many of you in the last three years did a zoom or have a zoom subscription subscription? Absolutely. Like the pandemic alone just set them all up to be able to tell stories or to be able to be hosted or host people. It's, it's a, a changed world. And I've never actually considered it until you said it then it is really that simple that if you could, if you've used the technology before, then you've got a platform to put a voice on.
1: Exactly. That's all you need to know how to do. You just need to know how to host a zoom call. I mean, there, there's, the other stuff is, what's the software I need? What kind of yeah. hardware do I need? How do I look good and sound good? What's the title of my show? How is it going to show up? How do I edit? Holy crap, I don't know how to edit video. And <laughs> you know, I don't have time on Sunday nights to be writing all these scripts. So there's there's a learning curve, but it, it just doesn't need to take that much time. Most of the clients I work with, we get the show live within six weeks. And yeah. you're showing up, you're on YouTube, you're building SEO, you're developing, like I said, strategic relationships, you're making money right off the bat. And that's really what I try to focus on is like you know I want to see more people talking, baby. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I see think more people.
0: There is there is a spot for so many people, and there is a spot for the information flow. You know, we look at how media has changed from newspapers. And I saw a photo of this just recently and it showed, I think it was in like 1950s and there was a tram or a bus or a, a railway station. It might've been, I think it was a railway station. It had all these people with a newspaper open and then it went to today and it had everybody standing with a mobile phone and it was kind of like, you know, what's yeah, really changed. Yeah. People are looking for either entertainment or information and newspapers moved from information to more entertainment. And now we've got this uh, where social media has become such a huge part of people's lives where they're connected with people globally. I mean, take you and I, for instance, Eric Dillman, the pro pro series podcast, and you go, There's a there's a connection, there's a connection, there's a connection, and suddenly we're we're sitting talking as well, and we're having our chat. And I'm going, Well, I know this guy, I know this guy, and you know this guy, and how do we how do we network ourselves? And this is what Technologies allowed us to do so easily and in that seamlessness of it there's still the production there's still the things that have to happen to make it work beautifully that start that side of it's still a a part that has to happen because you've still got to deliver quality not only in the the story or the guest and I want to talk to you a little bit about guests and being an individual podcaster as well, because I've got no idea how you do that, how you do, you, you're just talking to yourself. But yeah, you've still got to do that. And then it's got to have a production quality, which I I think is one of the harder pieces that is the hurdle that most people don't know how to jump over.
1: Right, but it, it just doesn't need to be that way. It's not that complicated. You know, if you're going to start from scratch and just start Googling and like, I'll give you an example. I recently moved and I want to lease out my own home, my old home, right? Yep. And I was thinking to myself, oh, I'm going to figure out real estate. I'm going to figure out contracts. I'm going to list it on Zillow. And I'm going to lease, I'm going to lease it out. I'm going to scream, do all of that. And then I was like, this is, this is a lot to learn. You know, <laughs> it's not as simple as just buying and selling and leasing a home. There's a lot to learn. And so my wife and I were talking, I was like, I just don't know how I'm ever going to pull together the 80, 100, 500 hours it takes to actually know how, learn how to do this. So, we hired a realtor. It's going to cost us probably about $3,500, the first month's rent, mm-hmm. $3,500, and then it's leased. And, and, you know, we hired her on Friday, and today she – or, yeah, Friday. And then three days later on Monday, she's like, all right, we got the photos. It's it's cleaned. It's listed. We're going to have a tenant for you here in a few weeks. I'm like, what is, like what is the value of my time yeah. to actually learn all of this stuff versus – Actually, doing what I do best, which is helping those thought leaders launch and automate successful podcasts, and uh, I'm, I can't tell you how like it was like a, a weight lifted off my shoulders. They don't have to learn all this stuff because I was like, it was like weighing me down. Oh, I need to learn all this stuff. No, you don't need to learn it. You just need to hire someone who's reasonable, who's credible, who has authority in the space, who can actually make it happen and execute. And uh, again, that's that's really where I'm at with the podcasting, and it's 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 just amazing. It's taken off.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So tell me with After Hours Entrepreneur, why that? Why you could have chosen a million subjects. So why After Hours Entrepreneur? What what was the why was why entrepreneurs for starters?
1: Well, I think entrepreneurship is the most important thing right now. You know, it, there's there's this belief, at least here in the States, where I'm going to go to school, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to get a job and I'm going to work, I'm going to pay 401k and then I'm going to retire. But I really feel like that dream is dead. And, uh-huh. and, and and it specifically because of the way that technology is operating the way that businesses are operating i mean hp facebook insta all these companies are laying off tens of thousands of people yeah i think right now the 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 most risky thing you can do is get a 9 to 5 job at a corporation it is incredibly risky because you're going to see massive disruption and i think that Finding, you know, building your personal brand, building that network, finding your niche where you can actually sell a great product and service, I think is one of the best things to do. And I just, with the after Hours entrepreneur, I want to empower people. I want to give you the skills. The episodes are really short. They're really tight. Uh-huh. I keep episodes typically to 10 to 15 minutes. So it's, it's super punchy. It's, you know, cause we're, 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 we're business people. We don't have lots of time. Yeah. Most people don't have hours to listen to an entire Joe Rogan episode but you can listen to 10 minutes on the way to work, walk away with something that's practical. And that's kind of what I'm trying to achieve. There is, you know, a little bit of after hours effort. You can change your life, your family's life, your community's life.
0: I love that. I totally love that. I love the fact that, you know, as you say, it's short, it's punchy. It's to deliver something quickly. It's to give them, you know, a, an inspiration, not expressions, not, not probably the right word. It is inspirational. But what it also is, is it's going beyond inspirational. It's delivering more than it's delivering an ability to take an action from the information you got beyond just feeling inspired with it. How can you put some of this into your life? Like, what would that look like? I want to ask you about some of your guests. So if you tell me like. You've got a lot of guests, so couple of the standouts and why and what sort of blinding flashes of the obvious have you had maybe we'll add that to this next piece let's start with a couple of guests and then i want to go to the blinding flashes of the obvious
1: sure so i mean an episode i just released a few weeks ago one of my favorite was with patrick bet david who's mm-hmm. massive entrepreneur here in in the country he's building up a massive media company Valuetainment uh is the name of his company and you know, I was talking to him about podcasting, right? Yeah. You know, su- surprise, surprise. I live, <laughs> I breathe podcasting. I know it's, I know it's a sport, but I, you know, we were kind of talking about, you know, how to stand out in podcasting. And he he kind of had this moment where it was like the rays from heaven shine down. I was like, Oh my goodness. It makes so much sense. And, and that's the simple fact that, you know, you, you can't as a podcaster, you can't really agree with everything that everyone says, oh. you know, and and i think there's a lot of value in in a educating yourself on multiple topics how many topics am i educated on you know money entrepreneurship sports politics design you know. design
0: by the time you leave this one
1: design <laughs> design right and you know how 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 can i get educated on as many topics as possible and then you know how can i take the commonly held beliefs in this in this realm and flip them on their head and just disagree intellectually on it Uh-huh. to you create know, a conversation to create exactly you know in in historically what i would typically do with podcasts is i bring someone on and i would just agree with everything that they said and i find that you know that conflict is what makes for interesting conversation you know people don't typically want to show up and just listen to people scratch each other's backs they want to uh-huh. hear the conflict and and quite frankly you know, one of the big values of having a podcast is the clips that you get on the back end for TikTok, for Instagram, for LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And if you can hit a, it's, it's really hard to stand out on these platforms now. It's tough, you know, regardless of what anyone tells you, it's tough to stand out, you know, but if you get into like a debate with someone, a heated debate, maybe it's a controversial topic. That's the kind of stuff that can take off. Yeah. And just hearing him say that, I, I think, really kind of flipped the way that I think about how to actually grow your show, how to create clips that that go viral, is is taking those hard-nosed stances and being able to speak in detail about it. I, I do that with my wife,
0: and it doesn't always get me on the front cover, I've got to tell you. You know, I at your own peril
1: <laughs> argue with your wife at your own peril <laughs> i've been married almost 10 years right? <laughs> i've been 20 i'm still good hanging you, on brother. just by
0: my fingertips no it's I've, i i often people will ask me a question about something and especially in a social situation i will often i, I will take a, a a complete different angle on it That's and and I remember a discussion that we had in our home over Roe versus Wade. I've got two daughters, one's 20, one's 13. And with it, the Roe versus Wade was part of our conversation. Now we're in Australia, so it doesn't necessarily affect us like it did in America. And I'm sitting there and this conversation's going around our dinner table like crazy around how wrong this is and what's happening. And, you know, it's a woman's body and it's all these things now. I totally agree with everything that was said, but I'm sitting there going, well, hold on a second. Somebody was a sperm donor here and they have a right as well. To What is that right? Like it's their child as well. And uh, look, I tell you, I left the table, you know, walking still, but only just, I was, uh, it was really it's, it's, interesting. It's, it's,
1: yeah. It's a complicated topic, but again, those are the types of things I think that people get excited about because everyone has their own opinion on a topic uh-huh. like abortion yeah right so if you have an interesting take or maybe something someone hasn't heard before they'll respond and then someone else will be like you're yeah. wrong and someone's like you're wrong and then all of a sudden you're getting the engagement and you're getting the likes and you're getting the comments and people are agreeing yeah. here and disagreeing there and then it triggers the algorithm to say
2: oh people right. are engaging
1: yeah. we want to show this to more people so i'm, th- I'm thinking of this from a, a marketing standpoint 100
0: a, a percent. yeah i'm hearing you yeah like It's. I should have recorded that conversation. No, it's like at the dinner table. (laughs) But you come back to something that you said just before, which was comfortable with being discomfort with discomfort. So leaning into things that make you uncomfortable is your is your path of growth. It's like this is where this is entrepreneurs, like you say, they may. Two examples here. One is, is you're going I'm leasing the house and you go i have got 500 hours to learn i don't know where i'm going to... i i don't even really want to learn it i just want the outcome it's the first one the second one is is if i am going to learn it i need to do it adequately well so that i don't look like an absolute idiot in front of my family for not just employing somebody so and and for yourself you know letting yourself down in that journey and then on the other part of it you go so I can employ somebody and make my better choice in who I employ, Make them, put my effort into doing that part, and then that part's taken care of, and then it's, it's working for you all of a sudden, and it's in the discomfort part, you had to wrestle with yourself in there, but then you go on from that to find what you can do with the time that you freed up, with the brain space you freed up. Take that weight off your shoulders, like you said, and go, where can I go with this journey now? What, what else does it offer me? And I think that's a really in- interesting thing from an entrepreneurial point of view about decluttering yourself from those things. Doesn't mean you don't take responsibility for them or abdicate them. It means that they're still part of your responsibility, but taking a journey with it of going, okay, I've got, got my person here. How do, I, how do I keep them on track? But it's more maintenance than it is total build. Because they're the expert; they're building
1: you. Yeah, you you just can't grow a a, a business without other people. You just can't do mm. it. You mm. know, you you need to be able to outsource, and some things you can outsource to AI, to robots, to automation. Sure, the rise of the solopreneur is easier, but you're going to need people I- as well. So, I think that's important to build with the, you know, with with the end in mind. It's certainly learning how to lead and train, and and frankly, once you free up that time, uh, you know, don't always know what to do with it. And you know, we talk about getting comfortable with discomfort. I've always been kind of uncomfortable with sales, uh-huh. right? I still sell stuff just because I'm Ooh. knowledgeable and I I provide something that people people need. And what? Yeah, but I would I would like I would and I don't know about you or or the listeners here, but I would get on. I would just take for a while. I would take any call with anybody. For any reason, like, just like those, let's do a meet and greet coffee chat, right? Yep. And, you know, I've had hundreds of these calls that have really gone nowhere. Like, okay, now we're connected on LinkedIn and, okay, great. But now I'm starting to look at, like, every single person that I get in a call with, I want to, A, know, like, why am I getting in a call with this person? Yeah what's the point how do i you know how do i achieve that goal you know if you know what are the different value propositions that that i can add right is this a per, is this a referral partner is this someone that actually wants to launch a podcast is this someone that might be a good member for the the pro group that i lead right so i'm i'm always trying to think like what's that outcome and you know with the free time that i have I, I'm really dedicating all my time to that. You see the books up there. I'm reading books, yeah. traffic secrets and contagious and starting, you know, selling the gap, The books I'm trying to read so I can get better at selling because, you know, spoiler alert for everyone out there that, that doesn't like sales, you, you cannot be an entrepreneur without selling. It is a must. No. It is. You can't, you can't, you can't be married. Yeah. I
0: was about no. to say you can't, you can't be married without selling or or get a date. Yeah. Like it sales is, Sales is fundamental to who we are, and I am um, actually just got a book going Daniel Pink and it is it's I'm trying to think of what that what it's called but i I read first of all I read why when sorry by Daniel Pink and then this one is it's not born to sell I want to say it's born to sell. I'll come back to it what the name of it is, but fantastic book and he just talks about the shift and what the sales process is and how we can take part in that process. When it's not about selling, it's about delivering service and delivering need and, and giving. And in return, you will receive something. And it's not about looking at just what you're going to get back. It's actually about what value you're going to bring. And, you right. know, like you in, in the insurance industry, of course, you, you will talk to anybody because everybody needs the product. It's whether it's right. your one or somebody else's. But yeah, I look at that same thing and go, well, I'm about to invest my time and value into this. Where do I go with it? And it's not so much about what I'm going to get from it. It's about what all those listeners are going to get from it, because I will well, get something also, regardless.
1: You want to understand. And I, I I totally agree with that, Adrian, you know, that the more you give, the more you receive, you know. But you want to make sure that if I'm going to get on a call with someone, I can give. I'm actually yeah. able to, yeah, to give something, right? You know, what's the point of me getting on a call with someone that doesn't have a podcast, doesn't want a podcast, doesn't want to run their own business? Like, why am I, you know, I don't really have the value to give there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Because to your point, it you know, there there is that given that give yeah. and take that you know, yeah, the mutual it's a, it's
0: still transactional. But everything in in life becomes some sense of a sales when you're dealing with other people. And that's how we find friends. We find people where where the values line up and that the energy has, you know, like enough to drive us forward. And that's how we find friends and we continue to connect with them. Tell me about some other guests that you've had. You told us about Patrick. Tell me another guest that was a, a blinding flash of the obvious again, that maybe they gave you.
1: Yeah, another great, I've had, like you said, so many, i yes, so yeah. episodes now, but Jasmine Star still stands out as someone that I I really, I you know, I really respected and really enjoyed. So Jasmine Star is, she's a photographer now turned into kind of like a social media influencer oh, okay. and yeah. coach, very big. And at, at the time that I spoke to her, I was newish in podcasting. I was maybe, I don't know. 50, hundred episodes in. Anyway, it was a few. That's episodes not in. newish. Yeah. <laughs> newish no, is three. <laughs> I've been, I've been doing this for almost, you know, almost five years now, exactly. every Monday, fresh episode. But at that point I was still kind of new on my journey. And I, you know, I think when most people record podcasts, we kind of, we, you know, as soon as you hit record, you, you don't do this, but a lot of people, as soon as they hit record, their persona kind of changes. Mm-hmm. And they start to talk in a different way with a different cadence. And it's now I'm Walter Cronkite, right? That stuff is bull crap. That doesn't work. That's inauthentic. And I remember when Jasmine came on, she was just personality and lively and really animated. And what, what was interesting is that when we posted that, there were people in the comments that didn't like it. There were some people that didn't like it. You oh, know, really? she had a certain, she has a certain way of speaking, but there's some people that love it. Yeah. There's some people that love it. And just like we are talking about a moment ago, your vibe attracts your tribe. You're not for everybody, especially yeah. when it comes to podcasting, you know, and, and, and we talked about being controversial, right? Yeah. It's the same thing. You know, you do you're not for everybody, but the people that you are for, you are really for them.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent.
1: Yeah, I was just really that was kind of like an eye opening moment. I was like, "Wow, this is she really gets it." Yeah, and uh, and 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 that was cool. Yeah, authenticity
0: is the most fascinating thing, and as a podcast host, I've done the same. I I was talking to a guy. I'm not going to name him, but a few maybe last year, maybe the year before. So it was when I was really early on in my podcast, and I was talking to him. And so we were doing our little pre warm up chat. And I said, "Okay, cool, let's record." And I went, "Yeah, okay, and I you know clap my hands, got my thing going, and yeah, I'm like." And he he turned on a completely different personality, and I'm like, "Whoa, shit! Who's this man?" Like, right. Although I knew that personality because it was his public personality, but we'd gone through sort of the warm up where we were chatting. Anyway, a little while ago, I ended up like catching up with him in person. I'd never met him in person before. I ended up catching up with him in person and he had a third personality, which was really (laughs) classic. And I was like, wow, I so remember it was such a contrast in the first piece that I was like, whoa, hold on a second. And then the next piece, he was like, you know, we're, we're dr- sitting, drinking wine and, and talking and like talking about business and how things work and what was happening and what was happening with the media and all these different things. And it was like having a a real, the the real, real person sitting in front of me. That was the difference. It was like. The first one was still in business mode. The next one was in media mode, and then it was the personality that arrived. As well, hey, we've done this before. We know each other. Let's just cut the shit and get on with what's really mattered. Matters. You yeah, know? I definitely
1: strive to be the same. Whether you meet me at a conference or the grocery store or on a podcast, I'm not like some weird celebrity out in <laughs> Bohemian Grove. In like in real life, right? That's yeah. And in 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 fact, I I think that. You know what? What makes us unique—the vernacular we use, the way we talk—is your most. It's probably your most important asset when it Uh comes to digital media, podcasting, video, YouTube. I I think that's the most important thing. And leaning into that, leaning into your strengths. I don't know. And this is a like a nice business concept too. What do you do? Focus on you being you. Take your strengths and magnify them. Don't focus on all your weaknesses and all the small things that you could do better. Focus on what you do and be really good at that. And I think it kind of, that concept translates into podcasting also. A hundred percent,
0: 500, you know, 500 hours to learn how to sell or to lease your property and get it all right and all the rest versus talking to a few people, finding the right person because you've got that mindset and then leaning into your strengths and building your strengths. There's a guy, Roger, Roger Hamilton, who is an entrepreneur, and he is a really fascinating man and the fact that he's the first person I ever saw on stage that said, we're going to identify, first of all, we're going to profile you and identify your strengths of who you are. And with those strengths of who you are from that, then we're going to teach you what are the people you need around you to maximize your strengths. And he yes. uses, a, he created a profiling system called Wealth Dynamics, and it talks about whether somebody goes from being a creator to a Lord, to a star, to a whatever these these profiles all around, where that means they sit and then who they need to maximize their journey. A a great thing with this, and you've interviewed a lot of entrepreneurs. I took this tip from Roger for the same reason as, as whether it makes sense or not, we'll see. We'll, We'll try it out. He said, so you're looking for a mentor. Everybody should be looking for some kind of mentor. And if you're looking for a mentor, find a mentor who has done what you want to do by the method you want to do it. So if you are a, in his in his book, say a star, a star personality, he would use somebody like Oprah Winfrey as a star personality. So look at what Oprah did in her journey to create what she's created are you that type of person would you are you also a star because if you're not if you're looking in his thing again say you looked at what a lord does a lord will do everything with systems and leverage a star will do everything with network and unavailability so stars aren't available try and get a star like a superstar, you need to be somebody to get through all the doors that get you there. Their value goes up as they get more value, as their, what am I trying to say? Their access gets less, their value goes up. Yeah, versus, yeah. So, versus, exactly, versus, say, somebody who is a supporter profile, their value goes up as they work with people. the more they work with people and over on the other side of it, a Lord profile would be somebody who is very system and doesn't want to work with many people at all. They would rather leverage the asset of somebody else's and take the money that way. So if you're looking at these different pieces and you want a, a, a mentor, find somebody who's the same type of profile as you, and find them as your mentor. Don't go and ask somebody like George Cyrus, how to do shares. If you don't work in the trader space, if you don't get buying and selling, buying and selling, if it's not your natural behavior, don't go and get the information from him because he'll take you down a path that will be hard and there'll be a lot more discomfort than there will be success. But go with somebody that takes you on a path that's leading in the direction you go and you will and has that same personality to make money the same way or success in the same way. I think that thing that you said about Jasmine about the authenticity of it is something that podcasting's really changed. It's allowed people to be very authentic and, you know, warts and all. That's part of the journey and the joy of the of being on a podcast or having a podcast is. Having people, you know, I I go by the thing that I never want to embarrass anybody on my podcast, but I do want them to tell me good stuff.
1: You know, well, I think the authenticity that that is a really good point. I think that's the reason why mainstream corporate media is 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 dying right now. Because I mean, like, people are tired of getting told like the same, like, don't trust your lying eyes. People are tired of that bull crap, You know, mm. when when I can get because we all like listen, we know it's all money. It's <sighs> it's not you know when you see now tucker carlson for example like these these people that go that that are on tv they're they're being fed lines they're being fed what to say they've got a little ear thing in they say you have to toe the line you got to talk about like you take i don't want to get into covid but there were a lot of you weren't allowed to have differing opinions during no. the covid no it was this is what you're allowed to talk about and that's it right and you know, historically, the only means of distribution was through the television, with the media. That's it. Control you media, know,
0: radio and television and newspaper.
1: Exactly. But now the the entire floodgates been been opened wide open in, in podcasting, it's so it's it's so simple to distribute views and opinions via something like YouTube uh-huh. or a, a podcast and it's it's you know and and I think that that's why people are so attracted to it because they get a, like we said they get attracted to someone because man I love that personality it, this person is very authentic um, oh they they're telling me something that I hadn't heard before but yeah I can and I think that's why you're seeing this major shift and and frankly I I don't know what what corporate media is gonna gonna do heck even my dad he's 65 yeah. He's not, he's not even watching corporate media. I mean, I guess he has kind of, but he's, he's got YouTube TV. He's not on Comcast. And I mean, you know, it's still kind of corporate media, but anyway, yeah, I but think it, that's interesting.
0: It's shifted. Eh? So talking about how things are shifting something with that, that I, I interviewed a guy We we haven't released it yet. A guy called Ken Rusk who wrote a book called blue collar cash. And he's a really interesting entrepreneur. And with it, he tries to develop in his own company, entrepreneurs, like he's looking for entrepreneurs within his own company to build their, build their wealth and build them so that they can, A, serve his company and serve the, you know, his clients, but also so that they're growing themselves. And we had a conversation around AI. So AI, if you said to me, what do I, how how would I describe AI? i go, well, it's going to be, make the internet look like it was just a little tool on the way to the biggest disruption we'll ever see. Everything changes. And now, so Blue Collar Cash is a book around the value of blue collar work. So this is more than mental work. This is physical work. And this could be your hairdresser. This could be your florist. This could be your stonemason. This could be your ditched guy, the guy who comes and digs your ditches. This could be a plumber. It could be any of these things that are what we've seen generally as blue collar work because they're not a profession.
1: Well, I and- think that point is why AI, why people are so terrified of AI because God forbid you disrupt the people with at the top of the power structure with all the money. God forbid, you know, yeah. like the the the, the writer strike, you know? Yeah. And, you know, like when, it, you know, Fifteen years ago, if you weren't happy with the way things are going, people say, I, "I'll learn to code." Yeah, yeah. But now the people that are saying learn to code are like, "Well, well, well what do I do?" You I'll know, learn to what? prompt. <laughs> learn to prompt. Yeah, you don't need. Here's the here's the deal. You don't need twenty people, twenty comedians in a writing room for a television show anymore. You need one writer who's using AI to develop interesting ideas and funny ideas. And uh, this, like to your point, this is the biggest shift. It's the commodity. It's, it's the commodities where if the Internet Internet is the commoditization of information. AI is the commoditization of creativity. Uh, you know, chat uh, GPT has passed the bar exam. It's passed the medical licensing exam. Why do I want to hire an attorney and pay him five hundred bucks an hour? Or 500 bucks for 15 minutes. Heck yeah, exactly. What
0: <laughs> I was going to ask for your attorney's number,
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Or when I can have an, an AI write me up a contract in like that, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's, yeah. it's, it's it, again very disruptive, it, unbelievably disruptive.
0: Uh, I and where he was coming from, he goes, You know, we're in a unique situation where for the past 30 years, higher education has been the thing that's been advertised and marketed and pushed to us and you know like actually even on the social structure you know where did you study where did you go you know where did you get your higher education and that he's like you know if you look like apple how many people without a higher education do they employ each year or have they employed in the last years what are they doing what are these companies doing it it's not just about higher education and in it They made a social construct that said you're not as good a human being if you're a blue collar worker versus, you know, like if you're a a professional, we'll call them. And he's like sitting there going, ultimately, the the table has just turned. He said it had turned already because everybody went to college instead of going to trade school. And so there were less trades and we still need them to do all the things that robots are a long way from being able to do. And we want the personal interaction as well with people that create taking a stonemason to be a great example. You know, they, they start with rocks and they end up with walls or buildings or whatever that they're doing with it. And that takes an absolute skill where, to do that with a robot, you would have to lay them all out, scan them all individually, do all these pieces. And then the robots could do this ultimately. But then it would maximize how they would go together. And then it would have some other robot that built them and put them together. But we're years and years and years away from that kind of technology being able to do it. And then it will do what does it do does it build the wall 10 times to show you the different opportunities it can do the different ways it can do it does it how does it do that how do we get the best from it so there's this thing where he's saying you know you look at what's about to happen with ai and we're about to see this you know lawyers mathematicians copywriters all these people become horribly disrupted
1: and they're people are going to be very people are going to be very 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 angry and they already care. are yeah it was well, for sure like i mean just think about you know to your point like we've been sold this bill of goods that in order to be successful you need to go to college you need to take out one hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of debt you want to become a my my wife is an elementary school teacher she needed a bachelor's degree to get that to to get that position right yeah four years of college to teach kindergartners you know yeah. and I, I, not to discount teachers what she does oh. is very important but do you need Four years of college? No, in my opinion, you need the right personality. You need to understand some certain certain things. You need to, you need to be extremely patient. You know, for, beyond for sure.
0: beyond either of mine or yours, I'm sure.
1: No, no <laughs> doubt, right? But it's 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 crazy. And you know what, what is what are these people going to do when they say, "I just took out all this this hundred fifty thousand dollars debt, and my job, my my legal assistant job, that's irrelevant. It's uh-huh. not even necessary anymore. Well, now what do I do? Right? I you know. Yeah. And and so what are they going to do? And they probably re- got
0: a million dollar
1: mortgage. Oh, for sure, for sure. Over leverage on the mortgage, don't it? Yeah. 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 And you know, that that's and you talk look at retail. Retail is the number one employer here in the United States. Walmart just announced that within the next three years, three years, 2026, that's even like two and a half years, they plan to have 63% of their stores fully automated. You walk oh. in, you grab your stuff. You walk out, or maybe you do a self checkout. I don't know exactly how they look at, but they're uh-huh. not going to have employees anymore. What do you do with all those those people in retail? That's why the after hours entrepreneur is important. Yeah, because you need to build your skill set, you need to build your network, you need to build your, your your zone of genius. You need to start building different streams of income. You know, mm-hmm. and I just think it's oof, man. It's 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 changing so fast. I really don't like the idea of universal basic income. It, it makes me very nervous. You know, we talked a little bit about oh. before, but you need to have incentives are really important, which I love that idea of an entrepreneur. How do I incentivize? You need to have the right incentive and structures in place. If the incentive structure, and we saw this here in the States, like I was getting thousand dollar checks. I already had a job. Like great. Yeah. You know, I'll sit back, you know, in California, you know, you can't evict tenants. They can just squat in, uh-huh. in your place. You know, you need to have incentives in place. Like, what is the desired response? What do I want people to be doing? And and how do I incentivize them to do that? I don't like UBI because it incentivizes people to stay home and eat Cheetos and smoke weed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But when you displace 50, 60, 70% of the workforce, what do you do? These are human beings. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, again, why I think entrepreneurship is so important because it empowers people. You have an incentive structure. You have a purpose for getting up in the morning. All these things kind of play a part in go, getting up Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it's going to get wild. It's going to get weird. It's going to get crazy.
0: Well, I think, as you just said with Maslow there, you know we're going to, or we are, removing, and I see this. I was in the States recently, and I see it and other places around the world as well, is where our our, basic need is, one of them is, is, you know, security and surety. And, you know, you look at, like, the roof over your head, kind of, the surety of where you're going to sleep in an evening or or, or even during the day. Where are you going to sleep? And that one part, with the amount of homelessness and then unhomed, because there's plenty of people who don't own a home or have a place to rent that still go to work every day, but they may be living in a car or in camper or something like that. We've got this boiling pot of that being a growing thing. And what we're about to see with AI, I believe, is that we're going to all of a sudden take this middle to top educated echelon who has the 150 grand's worth of debt and we're destabilizing the crap out of them. We're going to really mm. destabilize these people and they're going to be angrier than anything because they've bought the bigger lie or well, not the lie. They've bought the bigger story they they were all in on the education. They were all in on these parts and they have to pivot to find their value point that they can now a sell, but also deliver. They're going to be the ones and they're going to need to use AI to deliver it as well that's going to be part of it they're going to have to embrace the the beast that is going to be the one that's going to they feel like they're going to be taken from it's going to take everything from them they have to get on it and ride it it's well that's my view it's, of it
1: it's going to be difficult because it's cushy at the top you know once you've graduated and you've got a nice job and you know everything is running well you got a nice house it's cushy you kind of get yeah. you kind of get lazy which is another thing that i think about when i see like who are the highly successful entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's someone that started from the bottom with nothing. It's not like, Oh, I was born into it. Surely. Sure. There's some of that. Yeah. But it wasn't you or me, but like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of the best entrepreneurs grew up hungry. They grew up Mm -hmm. wishing that they had that toy that the other kid had. and It's that hunger that, 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 that drives them and keeps them going, you know? So I don't know exactly how we're going to create the right incentive structures because Certainly you need incentive structures so that people are doing the thing they're you're they're, they're exercising yeah. they're educating they're communicating they're they're a positive beacon on society but they're going to be people that you know they're the, the dispossessed, the mentally uh-huh. ill you know uh-huh. the addicted that maybe the disabled you know that just don't have that so how do you how do you raise them up while still keeping a positive incentive structure in place so yeah. that not the the rest of your society doesn't get lazy? Yeah, it, it's challenging problems and, and stuff that needs to be talked about, not it, 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 broader than, uh, oh, you just don't want people to have a, you know, you just don't want people to have a good home or you just don't it. want yeah. people to, yeah. or you yeah. know.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, 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 I think this is where your podcast offers so much value because it's a find your mentor on it. So listen to heaps of them and go, there's the person who I snap with. That's the one that works with me. That's the one that I, I, so that you you don't need the mentor to be talking to you directly. You can work towards that, but you can start out by just absorbing what they do put out there in the, in the public space and, and work that way with them so that you're following them, but settle on something, follow on it and be flexible, but being Looking at where the pivot is, where is it going to take me? Where is it going to go? I think this is right. a really and, important message.
1: Statistically, the highest income earners listen to podcasts, just like you're talking about. They listen to podcasts because yep. they want to learn. They're hungry. And frankly, that's a great reason to have a podcast because norm, if you were to reach out to someone on LinkedIn and say, hey, <laughs> can you give me an hour? I just want to be mentored. They're going to be like, who the, who the hell are you? I yeah. Don't, yeah. I don't yeah. Don't do There's a maybe
0: but, in there, but not much.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> But if you reach out and you're, you're like, hey, I love what you're doing, I'd like to invite you on my podcast for an hour or something, they're much more likely to say yes, which grants you access to them. If you show up, you're, some of my best relationships have been developed through this process, mm-hmm. inviting someone on, and it's led to business, it's led to opportunity, it's led to personal growth, just as yeah. i would mentioned a couple examples earlier today.
0: Yeah, I love that. I'm going to pivot. I want to ask you because we've got a couple of questions less, left. I'm going to dig into the design brain here. So I have a lot of listeners who are in the architectural and interior design and general sort of design space. And I've got a couple of questions I ask a lot of a lot of people. So my first one is going to be, in your own home, what is your most favorite space? Where where do you love the most?
1: Wow, that's such a cool question. So also an artist, also design guy, also literally just moved into a new home, as I mentioned. So please oh. forgive my background not being yeah, right. perfectly optimized. I'm trying to get the symmetry down, but WIP, work in progress. My favorite space, I you know, I love my office. It's I feel really comfortable. I feel really cozy in here. I also really like my back I, I I might go with my back porch. it's nice, it's outdoors. I've got a couple of chickens running around.'ve oh, got really? a nice pool so i I think I'm going to go with my back porch it's nice that's where I like to start my morning. I start my morning, get up, get a cup of coffee, take my dog out, check to see if we've got breakfast in the chicken coop. not because I eat the chickens because they lay the eggs <laughs> and uh, the yeah, chickens really are like for later.
0: so yeah. your back porch <laughs> so if you had to describe your back porch and for you in an emotional word what would be the emotion it evokes for you
1: peace peace maybe there's no TVs blaring there's no electronics i mean i'll have my smartphone which i might check emails on but it's just it's just it you know it's peaceful it's natural it's nice to get out from the the techno the technology driven world that we're in which i love but if mm. I had to give it one word, I'd probably, I'd probably go with like peaceful. Yeah. Right. I like that. Peaceful. How important is it that
0: there's, that you can look out there and, you know, you, you mentioned things like the chickens and the pool and there's nature out there, there's trees. How important is it that those things are in that space and and where else do you have them if you don't go there?
1: Vital, vital. I love, I love being outdoors. I could go with the front porch. That's kind of boring. In the house, we also have some artificial trees scattered Mm -hmm. throughout Mm -hmm. just to like give that feeling of, of, of uh, again, peace in nature. So Mm -hmm. that's how we do it. We don't have a lot of plants, although we, you know, typically every time we go to, you know, to the grocery store, we'll buy flowers, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. flowers for for my, for for my wife to keep, you know, show her (laughs) how much I appreciate her. Say that again.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> interesting things there. So like if you were look if we were if I was looking at it from a design sense and I was looking at how would the architecture respond to you. In the start of that piece there was, you know, getting you away from the other things and getting you into a space of calmness. I think that we could easily dig in and understand a lot about how the water is working for you as well, having the pool and those things and where it shifts your mind and where your mind gets the freedom from everything else that's going on. Cause you've got young kids as well. And, and, you know, a wife that's going to work every day. So that as well. And it makes for an energy that's moving through the place constantly. But when you get out there, you can be like, Oh, yeah, everything's sort of like, as you said, peaceful, calm down, pulled down. It's, it's. Yeah, Cause life yeah.
1: is so busy. Like you said, everything's yeah. go, 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 go. But when you're out there, it's like,
0: yeah, it's space to breathe.
1: Yeah, great point about water too. My previous home had a had, I guess you call it a pond, lake, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just, it's just nice. There's the ducks in the pond. There's the turtles, and you just feel kind of like, I, I you know, everything kind of slows down, and it's yeah. kind of a nice feeling. Yeah, yeah. You're okay. seeing that, by the way, in in the states. A lot of the architecture, a lot of the apartment buildings that are going up. Mm-hmm. They have these large outdoor areas. Maybe it's on like the fourth floor, fifth floor, yep. lots of trees, lots of yep. ivy, you know, where historically it would just be like brick box, forced, gotcha. you know, yeah. and so we're, we're seeing that a lot in the design space down here in South Florida. And then, you know, I guess the other thing you're seeing with a lot of the apartments is living up top and then retail below. Yes. So you never have to go too far from your from your home. You're creating
0: community spaces and with architecture, creating, but it's often called placemaking. So you mm-hmm. will make the that community space. The other thing with adding greenery inside your home, whether it's real or not real greenery, is it's known as biophilic design and it increases cognitive response. So if you put it in a classroom, about 1986, it got named biophilic design and they started doing all these studies on it. And in it, they found that if you a make light move in certain ways but just let's just go with the adding plants if you add plants natural or not natural it's okay your mind sees this connection with nature and it ups your cognitive response so they they've run all kinds of things with putting plants in classrooms for example and kids responses and tests and stuff like that increase it's actually mentally really strong for you and that thing of where it shifted gears for you when you go outside and you're in it. So in your new office space, in the new home, make sure you put some plants.
1: Yeah. I'm like looking at my, I'm like back here, I've got this like light switch. I'm like, how do I take this out of frame? Maybe there's a plant. That, that <laughs> Absolutely. You know that. Awesome. And
0: if with that, when you go to put some plants in there, put some plants in there that are soft and round because they are easy. You're subconsciously you will move past them easily, you won't be, oh, that's going to, don't put a cactus necessarily, put a cactus where you want to view it, but you don't want to go past it, use something that's got, you know, like maybe pointier leaves, those kind of things, where you're not going to transition in and out of the space constantly, if you go over by the light switch, something's, voluminous and soft will be better and also if the plant moves in the wind a little if you've got a fan or the air conditioning if you can make it so that it will move a little it tells your subconscious brain that it's even a higher it's even more real as such it's and so then it's starting to transition oh it's it's got your subconscious brain seeing it as being a live thing as well beyond it just being so yeah, really interesting little things that you can add to your environment as a designer. I look at it and I go, "How do I make spaces that emotion you are emotionally connected to?" Mm, so yes. podcasting's a workspace as well. So we want some function and some things that set you up for work, so you transition in and out of it. I've got one super more last
1: fascinating. Place. Yeah, it's
0: super cool when you get into this side of how does architecture and the built space respond to the emotion of the human and how do we empower the human through the emotion? Like how do we grow the, grow the people, nurture them. If you had to get one last guest on your podcast, and this is a, this is the final episode. Who do you choose?
1: Gosh, I never want to have a final episode. I don't (laughs) want that. So I think if I could have any guest, it would probably be, Elon Musk, I think he's one of the most fascinating people right now. He's just doing so many things. But if it was my last guest, I would, I would probably probably bring on my wife as much as it kind of surprises me to say that and it would surprise because she's been a part of this from day one. And I think just kind of talking about how we got to where we're at, I think would be a good way to kind of round out the end of the show. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised to say that, but I think that's where we go. I really like that.
0: I really like that. Do you know, I have this situation where I I launched my podcast a couple of years ago and I joke, my wife and I joke constantly that she's never listened to an episode of it.
1: Same. (laughs) I, often I talk say, about her too. She doesn't even know. <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: I often <laughs> say to my wife, she'll say, Oh, I heard this amazing thing on this podcast. I go, What episode did you listen to, honey? <laughs> She's like, Oh, no, it wasn't on yours. I go, I've got a podcast. Have you heard of my podcast? But we have this joke. But she said to me, She said, Do you think you could get your dad to so my dad is 95 this year? And about when I started my podcast, maybe I was about, maybe about a year in. She said, do you think you could get your dad on the podcast? Now, my my dad was a fine artist and he worked in advertising and art his whole life. That's, That's what he's done. And a fine artist, like he paints and stuff. And we had noticed that he had early onset dementia. And he now it's, it's, but it's still early onset, but he's now not, not cognitively with us in, in the sense that you could have him on. And yeah. she said it would have been such a one. And I missed the opportunity, but it would have been one of the most wonderful things to have recorded him. And when he cognitively was able to align things really well and get him to tell his story for our kids and our kids kids as part of the legacy
1: that's that's so, actually amazing advice it doesn't even necessarily need to be on a podcast either it could just be no, a, a phone I, call. I was at a family reunion just a few weeks ago and one of my cousins had interviewed my grandmother who's who died years ago i'd never seen this video but i never knew my grandma like that like i was I was 10 years old. Like, I, you know, yeah. and just hearing her talk and it was, it was really special. So I would encourage everyone to do that. Record, record an interview with a grandparent, a parent, because mm. every day is precious. We don't know how long we have. them. That's great. That's a great takeaway, Adrian.
0: To me, it's one that I just, I was like floored and then so, oh, I was going to say disappointed. Disappointed myself for not having created the opportunity to do it earlier in life. Yeah, yeah, and and those precious things. And when you said your wife, I went. Oh, it 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 seriously. I went, man, that is something so worth capturing, just for your own kids. You've got a four year old. Take ten years, add ten years to that, and have that piece. So maybe what I should do is invite you and your wife back on the podcast,
1: and see if
0: she'll see if she'll
1: join us for a conversation. That would definitely be interesting. I actually did, you know, I had been early in my podcasting journey. I would, what we do is we do Friday night, Friday date night live, and we would just do live Uh video. Really? The two of you? Yeah, we would do that. And that was, that was fun. But this idea, I, I think I would love to bring her on to talk about, not just to talk about me, but talk about what entrepreneurship has meant to me and to uh-huh. her on both sides. I think that would be a really interesting episode. I think you just inspired me, Adrian. Awesome. I think you just inspired me. Yeah. Awesome. I want to see
0: it happen. Make it more than yeah. ten minutes, or make it make it four episodes of ten minutes.
1: No, that would be a longer that would be a longer episode for sure. Which, by the yeah. way, I experiment with different lengths. Some i I got ep- some episodes are thirty. Some are an hour, hour and a half. Uh-huh. Most I like to keep in that hot like. Boom, 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 boom. 15 minutes, hot, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love
0: that. I love that. Well, man, awesome conversation. I've learned a lot. I've got some takeaways that were just really brilliant that I I particularly, particularly liked, and maybe because I needed to hear it today, was the comfortable replacing it with some discomfort and leaning into the discomfort. Every podcast I do, I learn something or I hear something that goes, yes, Maybe that was my message for today that I needed to take on to put into my
1: life. So there's always something that we're putting off because we're uncomfortable with it. Uh-huh. Just, just got to do, <laughs> do that. that, just like just like me with sales and follow up and all that. I put it off, Yeah. And... I should look up that Daniel Pink
0: book as well. I will do that, and so.
1: On our outro, I would
0: like to say thank you so, so much. I would also like to say to all the listeners, please take time to go and listen to After Hours Entrepreneur. I think that there is something in there for absolutely everybody. There's tons of amazing content and it's short and it's punchy and you don't have to invest your day to it. You get to do it in minutes as you drive somewhere or do something else, which is a real benefit when you consider how busy lives
1: are. You need to adapt. You need to disrupt your industry. Now's the time. Yeah. After, as an entrepreneur, it's going to give you what you need to do that.
0: Absolutely. And being on top of where AI is going to go with you or where you're going to ride the AI to, I think is going to be another really important thing. I would love to ask what are you, what you said some books before? You said Contagious, which I think is an absolutely incredible book. Tell me, that's one by, by Joan. Jonah Berger, burger. yeah, it's a really cool book. And It's a really interesting take on how contagious works. Like, what makes something contagious? Yep. What are some of your other ideas? Are... Contagious ideas. What makes contagious. Yeah.
1: Ideas. yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not like you know, you went out for a late night on the town, and now you're <laughs> contagious. No, it's a yeah. different. <laughs> a little
0: different from that one. Yeah. What else? <laughs> what else is on your shelf that you would like to shout out?
1: I just finished. Uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Oh, I really yeah, like that. Yeah, Atomic Habits by James Clear is awesome. Uh-huh. Really good.
0: I don't know that one. Uh, I know it, but I haven't read it.
1: Really good. Really good. Really good. The chapters oh are cow. like it, it, it. It's one of those books where you can read a chapter in one sitting and you feel good about it. I, li- I like it. that a lot. Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. Oh, always awesome. Yeah. Yep. Hundred Million Dollar Offers by oh. Alex Hormozzi. Oh, I really didn't good know that one. Really good. Yeah. That one's very good. $100 million office is very good. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I'll,
0: I'll give you really a plus. couple that I've been just listening to
1: lately. The Daniel Pink
0: one, by the way, was the first one I listened to was When, and that was about timing. And I would say that for everybody, this is a really interesting book, right down to when you should schedule an operation and right down to what you sh- how you should run your day. Oh. And you'll get it when you read it. To Sell as Human was the one. To Sell as Human by Daniel Pink. That was really fascinating. Blue Collar Cash by Ken Rusk. I think that is so topical right in this very moment. And I just started listening to a new one by a couple of authors that I know, and I don't know many authors. This one's called Time Magic, and it's by Melissa Ambrosi and and Nick Broadhurst. So Melissa Ambrosi and Nick Broadhurst, Time Magic. This is a fascinating book. It's about re-engineering your time in this modern world it is not like any time management that you book you've ever read before it's got some really interesting stuff so love it love yeah, it. yeah man love i love, love, I love sharing I've gotten like into that.
1: reading there's so many good there's, oh you know, yeah yeah reading is is a, is a must
0: and a lot of these authors are great podcast guests so keep watching True. the watching for the after hours entrepreneur because that's where you're going to find
1: these kind of people Yep. That's something I do on the show also is if I read something that's, that's like really good. Yeah. Generally I'll, I'll read like one to two pages. So you get my soft, soothing, amazing voice. Oh. I'll read a couple of pages. And explain, yeah. And I'll explain how it, how it's, how I'm in, how it's impacted me and how people love those. Yeah. I love that.
0: That's really cool. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, man.
2: Richard's Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. Now I know feed pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, If it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being pressured on fees, I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it. And it's by asking, say, three questions. And this is called takeaway selling. So this is where you kind of offer something up and then you take it away and see if they follow you. It's almost like imagine if you had some hot chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them. You put them in front of someone and then they went to reach out and then you, you pulled it away and you see if they get up and follow you that type of thing so this is called takeaway selling so the first question you ask you say well why don't you just leave the situation as it is why why make the change that's an unusual thing for a designer to say why not just leave it as it is and see how they answer and then you might say why did you want to speak to me why did you not get someone else and see if they follow you see if they answer properly and the third question would be well Why not do it later? Now, by asking these negative questions, you're going to get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it, because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either going to react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talkdesign. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.